Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. we got a very special guest for you today. On the podcast, USC legend Lendale White. You can follow him on Twitter at the real underscore Lendale. Of course, you'll remember he was an All-American in 2005 for USC. Went on to play for the Tennessee Titans and Denver Broncos. And uh, we're, we're glad to be able to bring Lendale into the show and talk about his uh, newest endeavor. Lendale, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's, uh, we kind of keep in touch over social media, which is, you know, fun. You can do that, uh, nowadays, but, um, saw you had some, uh, a new, uh, venture out there, something new going on. So maybe you want to yeah. kind of explain what that is. Oh, yeah. Right now, uh, me and, me and a good friend, Bo Skate, we, uh, wanted to start like a new, like podcast, TV, kind of like radio thing, just something where former players, would have a platform to come on and, you know, pretty much talk about the, the positive things that's going on. I, um, when I say media, sometimes I really mean media and that's like the media from an outside stand of, uh, outside point of view. Not, they're not really digging or finding out what's going on. They just hear what's going on and they report on it. They don't really know what's going on with the player. They don't figure, they don't, they don't sit down and talk to the player until after they report on it first, you know, but our platform is trying to figure out not even figure out we don't want we we're not focusing on the negative we're just focusing on the positive and what the positive athletes bring to the table and that's about it so uh i know you guys just started the show where can people uh find it if they want to check it out with you and bo all my social media platforms uh, like i said twitter at the real underscore lindale at showcase white for instagram um and on facebook just lindale white but i'll be posting the link in all my bios so in all the bios you'll be able to I mean, yeah, in all my bios, you got to click the link and it'll go to all the past shows and the, and the most recent. All right. Uh, well, we actually have, uh, I want to talk to you about a few things, but been going on. We have some questions from our readers on uscfootball.com. I wanted to get you too. But before we do that, I just wanted to uh, mention our sponsor for today, uh, Zip Recruiter. Um, so if you're hiring, I don't know if you're hiring, Lindell, but if you have a job, if you have a company, <laughs> you're hiring. Uh, not right now. Um, I will be hiring soon for another endeavor I got going on, but I'll be letting it know. I'll, I'll let it be known soon. Nice. All right. Well, there you go. You could use this. If you know the best place to post your job and find the best candidates is Zip Recruiter. So it's a different kind of company. With Zip Recruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why Zip Recruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. So you don't have to juggle emails or calls to your office. Uh, simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. So you can find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And as right now, all the Peristyle Podcast listeners, you too, Lindell, can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash USC. So that's simple. ZipRecruiter.com slash USC. One more time for a free uh, job posting. ZipRecruiter.com slash USC. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll let you know, Lindell, when you have to, your next endeavor comes along. You got to hire people. We'll talk to you with ZipRecruiter. Okay. We'll make it happen. <laughs> um, so... Just so, I want to give a little background. So we have listeners of all ages. There's some, you know, new students that maybe they only know Ronald Jones as far as USC running back goes. <laughs> you know, there's there's guys that yes, you sir. know go back to, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, OJ Simpson and uh, Mike Garrett and you know Marcus Allen and all that kind of stuff. So many great running backs Charles at USC. White. Charles White. So many great running backs at Sam USC. Mm-hmm. Sam Bam. Uh, but yeah. what the the crazy thing is, no one has more touchdowns than Lendale White. You have fifty two touchdowns more than any of those tailbacks ever had at USC. Yes, sir. I used to find the ends on a lot. I got to give a lot of credit to the big hogs up front. You know, the, the Sam Baker's, Ryan Khalil, 
Deuce Latouille, rest in peace to Fred, Fred Matua. Uh, those guys used to make it happen. I, I mean, it was, it was easy when everybody on your offensive line, Winston Justice, everybody got drafted. So it wasn't hard to score behind, you know, a line where everybody gets drafted. It's, uh, I mean, it was such a different time back then. It was, uh, it was really fun. I'm sure it was fun being on the team. It was fun covering the team. I mean, you can see on your, uh, your Twitter avatar, you and Snoop Dogg, you know, it was a pretty fun time. I mean, did you, did you enjoy your, your college experience before you went off to the NFL? Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, not looking back, I didn't realize how big of, how big college opportunity was. And I say that for all you young athletes that, you know, are in a rush to go get the money. Sometimes it's okay to stay in college and get the accolades and, and build up your reputation there because that, that's something that will stick with you forever. Um, but just going to USC and looking back on my career, I was beyond blessed. And I did so many things that I'm, I'm sure that any other player around the world would have wished they could have did at that time. I played in three straight national championship games, used to hang out with Snoop. You know, it was all kind of things. It was just ridiculous. So uh, I, that was probably one of the funnest times of my life by far. The, um, you know, I, I, you're in Denver, Colorado now for people that don't know. That's where you're doing your show with, uh, the players lounge with Bo Scaife. But, um, do you keep in touch yes, with, uh, some of the guys, uh, from your team that they're living in different places, LA or wherever? Man, it's crazy you say that. I keep in contact with, uh, it's about 30 of us, 40 of us in a group con, uh, group text. <clears throat> and we talk almost every day. Uh, with that being said, happy belated birthday to Alec Holmes because his birthday was just came up. But yeah, I still talk to Keith Rivers, the Frosty, uh, Lofa, Chris McFoy, you know, there's guys, uh, Will Poole, Terrell Thomas, D Bird. I can keep going on. Darnell Bean, Chauncey Washington. I mean, the, the list keeps going on forever. Desmond Reed, uh, Greg Carlson, Fred Davis, Matt Liner, Reggie Bush. I mean, yeah, the thing about, I guess when you say we're a family at USC, we really meant that. And, and we all, Herschel Dennis, Lee Webb, I, I keep going. That's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I get to talk to some of those guys. Chauncey Washington, he was working for the Pac-12 Network, I think, for a while. I don't know if he still is, but I would bump into him sometimes. Matt Leinert's doing some real estate stuff now. I was actually just uh, texting with him. trying to. So we're doing a little event. I think I told you about this. Uh, Thursday, so if you're listening to the podcast and you're in L.A., Thursday at the USC Village, starting at noon, going to about 3 o'clock. We're going to do like a big Facebook live show down there and we're going to have, uh, Khalid Holmes and, uh, Keith Rivers, who you mentioned, they're going to come down, say hello to the fans. We'll have Gavin Morris, who's the director of, uh, player development at USC and, uh, Clay Hilton, the head coach. He's going to stop by and say hello. So we're going to do a bunch of giveaways and stuff, but it's funny. You, t- you, it's, there is a network there because like if we have an event, you can just kind of go and go to your Rolodex or whatever. Not that you have those anymore, but text a few guys, like <laughs> yeah. get, get some former players to come out. Everyone, you know, hanging out. They, they still love talking about USC football. Yeah, it's easy. Like I said, if you needed me to get in contact with anybody right now, I could go to one little platform, text 50 of us, and, and somebody will get back to me with a reply. And this is an everyday thing. And this, is, this isn't just, we, you know, we're doing it for the cameras. We we know about everybody's son or daughter that's been born. We know if you get married. We, we know all that stuff. We keep up with one another. And I think that's what makes the legacy so strong at USC. And I, and I like what uh, uh, Coach Helton is doing because Coach Helton is uh, – I don't want to take shots at none of the former coaches, but I mean, they can say what they want, but he is definitely one of the coaches that without us reaching out to him, he reached out to us. He wanted us to be a part of the program. He wanted some of the older guys to come back and just be a part of that. And and you, I respect the coach that, you know, could do that. And I see nothing but big things in Coach Clay's uh, future, man, because I could just see the type of guy he is. Yeah, I mean, he, that... he, first, he, he, he's a good guy, and I, and I really like that, man. He, he's accountable, and you can trust him. So I like it. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the former players, everyone I talked to, I mean, just, he's just such, such a genuinely nice guy. Uh, I went to, you know, just after practice yesterday, we kind of put this event over at the USC Village at Trader Joe's the last second and you just go up to Clay and like, before I was asking him the question, he was like saying, yes, what, what do you need? You know, he's just this nice guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll come over. You know, he's, uh, and not saying that, all, that yeah, some of the former coaches would have done that, but he certainly does. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, we, uh, like I said, we ain't here to take no shots because, you know, I love Lane Kiffin and Steve. So the, both of those guys are amazing coaches to me, and they helped me get somewhere in my career <clears throat> that I don't think without them I would be. So I, I have nothing negative to say about those guys at all. I just like the fact that when you have a coach and he takes time out of his day to make sure he calls you 
leaves you a message on your phone and stuff. And he, he still got to do a, a, all types of recruiting and still get kids to come. But he has time for his former players. It, it definitely shows you what type of character he has. Well, Lindell, you ready to answer some fan questions from uh, our message board, the Peristyle? Yeah, let's lock them out. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Dolce Triad, I think how they say his name. Uh, well, he wants to know um, if you've been to practice and how you feel the atmosphere and the competitiveness around practice compares to when you were a player. Um, so I, I haven't been to practice uh, this year. I've been working on this podcast and trying to get that going. But I do have friends, like I said, Will Poole is around there every single day. And I asked him about certain things. And he said that it's been a while since he's seen this kind of attitude around the team. So I can only take what my Trojan saying. Will, Will Poole was a dog when he played for us. So if he says that, you know, that he sees a different attitude around there, I, all I can do is take that. So I, I definitely think that Clay and those guys, are he's bringing back a certain attitude. And I think they're on the right path for sure. And then he also wants to know what area do you feel uh, Rojo uh, Ronald Jones could grow in? Um, I think just be a little bit more patient. His explosiveness is there. He runs between the tackles really well. I just say be a little bit more patient. Um, sometimes you don't have to take the first cut. You can you can stretch it out a little longer. You know, make the make the lineman cheat more and then cut back with his speed and his explosiveness. If he if he gets a little bit more patient. There's no, he'll easily be a dope walker winner. Like, I see that in his near future. That's easy. Do you end up watching, like, the running backs more than other positions? Like, if you're just watching USC football, like, kind of analyzing, like, oh, I wonder, he does this well, not this oh, well? No, no uh uh-uh. uh. The thing about that, and I gotta be honest, for some reason, uh, over the years, we recruit re- tremendous at offense. Like, since me and Reggie left, you know, it's been a slew of running backs that have been able to take over the throne. With, Rest in peace to my Joe McKnight, my brother, um, uh, CJ Gable, uh, Alan Bradford, Chauncey Washington again. I mean, that list keeps going on. Uh, some of the younger boys that I talked to, uh, I can't think of their names right now, and I'm sorry, but, uh, they're in the, uh, Buck Allen, uh, you know, all these guys, like, they've been, we have some running backs that have been able to take over. I think for me as a Trojan fan, I, I, I focus on the other side of the ball. Um, oh really? Okay. I just yes, because we we I when I go back to our teams and how great we were, people would like to they give an offense and, and we I'm not mad. I'll take all the glorification. But if you go back and really watch those games, man, we had a defense that could rival any defense in the world. Like that was the defense. If you bring bring up a great defense, then and you talk about the Miamis and you talk about like the Oklahomas and and, and the Alabamas. There's no way in hell you can't bring up USC's defense. Like, I played with the defensive line where everybody on the defensive line got drafted. We got five linebackers get drafted. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't think people understand how good our defense was and how, how Pete had those boys playing on defense. So even when, when we were playing back then, Pete wasn't no offensive guy. Pete, Pete wasn't down there, you know, looking at us and what we do. I think he kind of figured we had that on lock. But he was down there with the defensive boys, and, and for some reason, you could see that. You, you, you've seen it. You've seen the mirror yeah. when he was down there with him. So I would like to see our defense this year. And I know we got some guys, you know, President Jack, I call him that. <laughs> um, I'm definitely looking forward to him making some players. Uh, uh, Marshall, he, you know, there's some guys that's out there that should be making some players for us this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what the defense can bring. We have one from Brian Edwards. He said, who was a player on offense or and, and on defense that you played with that you felt was underappreciated uh, and was really a good player who never really got an opportunity to shine while at USC? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, uh, I feel that so sometimes I was underappreciated, and I, I honestly believe that. I, like, when you – when you when you said that at the beginning of the show that you know I'm the all time leading scorer at the University of USC, like I don't think people realize how big that is. You know, <laughs> when you named the when you named the Marcus Allen's, the OJ Simpsons, the Charles White, even the Reggie Bushes, like when you name these people's names and and, and, and my name's up there still, like I, I honestly I, I put my name out there. I don't, you know, people can get mad and say what they want about that. I would say me for sure. I love it. I honestly would say I would say somebody like um. Dominique Bird, yeah. Dominique Bird for short. Um, I I think we had so many people with Dwayne Jarrett, Steve Smith, myself, Kerry Colbert, Mike Williams, Reggie Bush. We had so many people demanding the ball at the time, 
that it was hard to get everybody a lot of things. I think if D Bird could have caught 80, 90 balls in a year, I, I he could have been a first round draft pick, a high first round draft pick, and he would have made plays on somebody's team. Um, I honestly believe that. I got to say, Dominique Bird, man, it, it was ridiculous. And, and Lofa Tutupu, he's another guy. I, I don't think that people like. I don't think people realize as, as like how good he really was until Texas when he left us, and they realized, you know, what kind of help we needed back there. Yeah. I don't think people realize that because if we would have had Lofa that year, we easily would have with three feet. Him alone, he changes the game that much. He left that year and what he 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 left that same year and became a Pro Bowl player in the NFL. So obviously, we know what type of player he was. Yeah. Know? It's funny, your underrated underrated guys all made the NFL, so it couldn't be too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Bruce, there's some guys that you got, man. Uh, he was a big guy with just It was a physical specimen. You know, it was crazy. Uh, I, uh, Wyatt, Justin Wyatt, he was, I think, size, he, he might not have been appreciated as much. Um, there were some guys, I mean, I played with so many guys. Dallas Sark. Ryan Grudegood, there, those were names right there. Two, two definitely players that that probably should have got a chance to go to the uh, to the next level and get a really good look because what they were doing on defense for us at USC was ridiculous as well. So uh, I mean Dallas Sarge and, and, and Ryan Grudegood, uh, Matt, Matt Grudegood, it was Matt Grudegood, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah, I'm, I don't know why. I <laughs> that's <said> okay. That. <laughs> that's what. That that's what CTE do to you. You forget. <laughs> Oh, man. Matt grew to good. I'm sorry, Matt. I know you probably out there ready to kick my ass. But I apologize, <laughs> Matt. And, and and Matt grew to good was probably other than Lofa. I mean, as far as dog, he probably was the biggest dog we had on defense back then. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he Matt played. Grudiger. He played a quarterback at Modern Day, I believe, and then uh, was just. Yeah, yeah I remember them tapes. I've seen them tapes. Yeah. Now, you you know, I'm, and another t- another person, somebody probably never would have got to hear about it because of concussions. And if I and it's not too early, it was Salo, Salo Feriamo. Oh, okay. Oh my God, man, that kid was ridiculous back then. Like I seen the thing where he played against Bush in, in San Diego, and I'm not going, I'm not going to really say nothing, but I think everybody should watch that tape, and I think they would definitely give him a a, a, a pat on his back. Wow, all right, that's a good one too. Yes, yeah, Salo Salo Feriamo, man, for sure. Oh my God, I'm tripping. <laughs> Whitney Lewis, Whitney Lewis. Whitney Lewis. So people Whitney look Lewis at has the, Whitney Lewis had the greatest highlight tape to ever come out of California I've ever seen. It was the greatest highlight. Better than Lorenzo Booker, better than Steve Smith, Reggie Bush. You can name all the people. I ain't never seen a highlight tape like Whitney Lewis. I, that, I'm sorry. He's the number one guy. Whitney Lewis. So if you, ask, no if you the, ask USC fans, most people think he's the biggest bust of all time. I don't what? think he's a bust, man. See, like, again... People think about negative shit. I'm sorry about my language. No, you're fine. People always tend to. I'm not gonna say bust. You can never say bust with me, I, because I know what type of game that these coaches play with you on this level. It's not a high school football no more. When you get to college, they get to play with your mind there, and only the strong survive. Sometimes, sometimes at 17, 18 years old, man, you're not ready for somebody to be playing with your mind like that. So sometimes you can you can take it or you can go either way. People don't realize that. I'm not going to sit here and say Whitney Lewis was a bust. I can't even say that because if you see what Whitney Lewis did in high school and to get a scholarship, that's not a bust. A bust is somebody that never went to college. A bust is somebody that, you know, Al Bundy, you said, say, in high school, I threw from touchdowns. If you went to the University of Southern, Cali- or Southern California and you got a full-ride scholarship, there's no way you could be a bust. Now, People got to look at the in between. There's people, there's people that come to you that that that's giving you things. There's, there's people that's trying to take you away from your family. There's all that in between, and sometimes you, we need to coach more, more, more like they said they were going to be when they came into our house and when they told our mom that they're going to be like our dads and that they're going to put our best, you know, everything. They're going to put our best at, at in the forefront and they're going to do everything they possibly can to make us better men. You know, they say that, and then when you get to this college, it's like, damn, if you're not producing on this field, they're not, they, they can go to give a hell about what kind of man you're going to become. I've seen coaches with my own eye kick players off the team, not knowing circumstances or not knowing exactly what's going on with these kids and, and realizing that, and I know that these coaches realizing them being at USC was the best thing for them and then kicking them off wasn't going to do nothing but send them back to Compton or, you know, the Watts and all that. And that's not good, you know, but I've seen coaches do that. So, 
when 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 us as you know just fans of the game sometimes call people a bust, you got to look at all the in between. You're not looking at these head coaches playing with these coach these kids' minds. You're not looking. Hey, Lindell, I think we're losing you there. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I think, hey, am I back? Yeah, you're back. Okay, I've sorry. Been, I've, I'm sorry. I've been lied to so many times by head coaches. It's ridiculous. They tell you one thing, and then another running back go in that room, and they tell a running back the whole other thing. And they don't realize that we're friends. Like, that's the thing. We're in the trenches together. So if you tell it one player or something, nine times out of ten, he's definitely going to come tell me because you're not out there with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, man, it's a lot of fraud going on. It's, it's, it, there's a lot of fakeness and stuff going on within the the coaches telling players what they need to hear and all that stuff. And 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 that's where busts come from because they're not all the way honest sometimes. They're not telling these kids what's really going on. They're telling them what they want to hear instead of telling them what they need to hear. Interesting. Yeah, so it's not just talent. There's a lot of other factors that oh, go no. with it. Yeah. If you get anybody else on the show, Ryan, right now, and you ask anybody else about Whitney Lewis' talent, I guarantee they say he easily could have did it. He was 260 pounds at fullback playing with me, and he came and played. He was receiver the year before, and then the next year lost, re-lost all the weight and then played receiver again. <laughs> Whitney Lewis did whatever he wanted to do. He could do anything he put his mind to. It was just, you know, at that time we had Steve Smith, Dwayne Jarrett, Mike Williams. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, people saying, how, how, how do you bust when you have three All-Americans in front of you? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, Gate Call had a couple questions. He said, first one, will you be cheering for Zach Banner in the NFL? Hmm. Zach Banner's soft, man. I <laughs> hope he, I hope he make us look good. So all that tough guy stuff he possesses in the league, it's a whole nother world, man. And listen, <laughs> Zach might be, Zach is probably a, a, a great kid, but when it comes to like all that football talking, all that, like, yeah, he could do all, he could, like, I got to see it on the next level. I ran 4,000 yards. I even scored over 15 touchdowns. I just didn't work hard enough in the NFL. I, I mean, I, once I got it, I thought I had it, and you didn't have to do nothing else. I, I, and that's, that was my biggest problem. But, again, Zach Banner, he's a Trojan, so I always want nothing but the best for him. But he better not slip up because there's going to be a lot of people waiting to see what he do. And he's after making some of the comments he made, you know, there's a lot of people that definitely want to see what he can do. Yeah. Um, and then he also wants to know, do you think the team we saw in the Rose Bowl was tougher than the team that we saw at Utah? Man, Utah soft. I don't know how we lost to Utah. Anyway. Like, <laughs> that's a game. I don't, listen, you shouldn't lose no Utah. You shouldn't lose no Oregon State, man. You shouldn't lose like that. Oregon, sometimes you could think like, cause they're going to get some elite athletes, but you know, some of these schools, you, man, uh, and yeah, Penn State way better than Utah, Utah. That's why I don't know how we lost to Utah. Yeah. To answer no, that question. They're usually I, pretty tough though. I mean, they got big, big linemen, big Polynesian linemen on both sides of the ball. They're usually a pretty tough team. Yeah. I mean, but when we was playing tough teams, the tough team was Notre Dame, which was acceptable because they're, they're, Across the wall, you know, they're far from us, so they're getting different type of recruits. Like, Utah is Utah, man. I, I know if me, Reggie Bush, and all of us was playing against Utah, we would have beat them by 70 every year. I guarantee you. <laughs> I don't doubt that. <laughs> Colorado, too. Like, Colorado spanked them. Like, man, bro, there's teams. I got, when we used to go to the locker room, we, we knew that there were certain teams that we were going to win. Like, when you go play Arkansas or, or, or Alabama, or, you know, Virginia Tech. When you go play teams like that out of conference for your first game, like, you you even got confidence that we're going to go sweep them and whoop them. Like, we didn't think we were going to lose to nobody. Yeah. And I, I think we need to get that mentality back with them. And I, it's a thought process. Like, when you really believe, and that's one thing Pete had us believing. I mean, say what they want, but Pete made us believe that we would never lose. And you know what I mean? And I lost two games in my career. And one was in triple overtime and one was, you know, last play of the game. So it's, it's not like every game we had a chance to really win. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's crazy when you say it like out loud. You lost two games in your career. <laughs> two. And that's what I try to tell Zach. So before you talk about like, like legacies and what you're doing, like, bro, I'm a part of a legacy that they always want to stay there. That's what I was trying to explain to him. Like, you can't do, like, See, like NFL is cool. Like people gonna remember that stuff, but this college stuff, like I, I, I'm way up in New York. 
see fans up in New York, and they remember that. I haven't played college football in, what's this, 2013-something years, and, or 10-something years, 11 years, and they still remember that stuff, man. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, so, like, they, this college football lasts with you forever, man. Just remember that. Um, we had a question from, this is interesting, SoCal Trojan 05, so he's, uh, he's in your year, I think. Uh, what yeah. were the, what were the biggest differences in playing under Norm Chow as offensive coordinator versus Lane Kiffin slash Steve Sarkeesian? Cause I can't speak out. I'm not going to <laughs> just because I know a type of last that I'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know now, now with that being said, I know y'all can't wait for the sound bite, but I'm still not going to give it to you. Um, the difference, there, there's not much of a difference, man. You know, with, with, with Norm Child, you, you have a, with us as students or an athlete, you had patience, you know, like Norm was very patient and Norm also knew who his athletes were. Like Norm knew what he had at all times. So he would come and tell you certain things in your ear and you would already know that it was the truth, you know, and, with Sark and them, I think they just they seen what Norm would do and they try to emulate that. That's what that's what I got from it. I didn't really get uh, no difference in the offense. Like you know, it was the same type of things. I think maybe Lane threw the ball a little bit more, but I, I don't think that. Or I think Lane maybe probably wanted to throw the ball a little bit more, but I don't really see like any difference. You know, like I, I honestly like both offenses went out without no hiccups. So, gotcha. Okay. Um... Ty0214, he wanted to know what you thought of Clay Helton, but I think you've already explained that, so that's cool. But then his second part was, any early impressions, if any, of Stephen Carr and his potential? So I don't know if you saw him. He's the five-star running back that's uh, coming in wearing number seven. I don't know if you got to see him yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've seen some stuff on the Internet. Um, well, there's a big – if he can, if he, when you five star, there's a big, there's a big, uh, there's a big uh, thing on your back already. You gotta, you gotta come in. Everybody in this day and age, in the social media age, we all, everybody's reading these same things now. You know, when I was coming out, you probably had a little Tom Lenning magazine where you had to pick up from the, the store to figure out who the best was. Now you get to see the stuff on your phone. Um, so I know there's gonna probably be a target on him, but the thing about that is it's tailback you. So if he's a five star guy, he should be able to put up five star numbers. And he should be able to compliment Rojo real well if he needs a break. And, or I don't know if he's even where he is on the depth chart. I'm sorry. I don't know because I know how high Rojo is, but I, I know if he learns from that guy and just again, patience is a virtue, man. The, the more patient you are and the more time you figure out this game, the, the better off you'll be. So I think if he just learns that patience and, and you know, study from the older guys, he'll be all right. He's looked good. I mean, they have a new uh, running back coach, Dylan McCullough, who came from Indiana, and we're just not sure what the rotation is going to be. But he's been—I mean, he's been up there. Like he and he catches the ball. He might be the best pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, he can he can run block, uh, but he can run. So I I mean, think you'll see. I think you'll see a bunch of him uh, early on the season. Um, oh, that's dope. Yeah, Trojan P wrote in. He said, "I met Lindell at a club earlier in the year when I was in Arizona." I just happened to be wearing my number 55 Sayout jersey. Really cool guy. I just wanted to know, how does he think his career would have been if he came back for his senior year? I feel like he would have been the best running back in college football. Also, does he feel like getting drafted by the Titans wasn't a good team fit uh, his, to fit his strengths as far as running a smash-mouth power game? Going to the Steelers or the Ravens would have been a better fit, in my opinion. That's from Trojan P. Yeah. Um, well, it's always a catch twenty two. You know, back back when I was trying to come out of school, like it was a lot going on family wise. Your grandmother was sick. Rest in peace to her still, but she was going through a lot. So I like going there were so many emotions running through my head trying to figure out if I should leave or stay. But ultimately like when you when you when you grow up broke and you need some money, you know, money is ultimately the driver. Like looking back on my career, I I definitely would have stayed another year because I know I would have been healthy. Uh, I if I'd have, if I'd have stayed healthy, I probably would have won a dope, the Heisman, you know, all those awards. Um, probably would have got drafted higher, and 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 Lord only knows how my career would have went. But um, I don't think getting drafted by the Titans at all was a bad fit. You know, I, you got to think when you put me and and uh, Vince Young in the same backfield together, you're probably thinking like that's magic gonna happen. And we 
he won rookie of the year, and I also seen him, you know, do some other things together. I, I ran for a thousand yards and uh, over, you know, fourteen, fifteen touchdowns. So I mean, I don't really t- think the Titans were the issue at all. You know, they were able to put up two thousand yard rushes and all. So that's not really an issue at all. Yeah, they run the ball. They've always seemed to run the ball well. So yeah, right. I, I actually like being drafted by the Titans. Um, because, you know, Norm Child was there. So I, there was no way in hell I didn't want to get drafted by the time. Yeah, I think, uh, so my wife's from Tennessee, from outside of Nashville. I, in, uh, I don't know if you remember, she, you were like, I think at halftime in one of the USC games, I think you were still playing for the Titans and she was doing, she would broadcast journalism. So I would have her do some video interviews. So she video, she did an interview with you, like on the Coliseum field, like in the middle of one of the games. So she liked that because she's a Tennessee. I think I remember person. that. Yeah. She's a Tennessee person, so she always loved, you know. So Dor- the fact that Adoree's in, in Tennessee now, she was, like, tweeting at him, like, hey, this is great, you know. <laughs> Come to my mom's house and we'll should- make you dinner or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's dope, man. Adoree's out there doing big things right now, too. They, he, he's looking really good in that camp. So I'm, I'm expecting big things out of 25 this year as well. Yeah, wearing your number. Um, yes, sir. Men's Crew 7677. I don't know if you know this, but initial impressions of Coach McCullough. So I don't know if you know much about Dylan McCullough, if you've read anything about him, any impressions from him? I think I met him a couple of times in real life. So um, I'm not really sure. I, 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 I want to see the game plan. I want to see how he used the rotation. And, and then I'll make a comment. You know, I ain't got no comment right now. I just got to see. Yeah. I, I need to see game time situations before I can react. He, uh, he had some really interesting um, – ball security drills like he has a football that they'll fill like 80 percent with water and then they have one that's on a string and he can just keep yanking at it so you're moving around and the football is constantly being like tugged away so there he has some interesting oh, yeah. like unique kind of stuff and the, the players seem to they've seemed to gravitate towards him he he put you know had uh rojo put on some weight he really likes you know, something you would like uh you know yards after contact he wants three yards after uh, you know, so you don't go down. So there, he's got a, a little bit different feel to him. He seems like a, a pretty good coach. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to see, man. So he got some talent, so it ain't, it ain't going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Vassar dad said, sorry to bring up a painful memory. Um, and if you, if you guys checked out, um, uh, Lendale's first show, he was showing like they didn't have, you didn't have all the, um, decorations up yet the only thing you had was like the sports illustrated cover of vince young after the rose bowl yeah, celebrating <laughs> yeah. so this you can obviously this is going to go back to that he said i would love for you to settle a debate that has been raging for 12 years on the fourth and two in the national title game do you feel that reggie bush being on the field for that play would have caused texas to account for him and made it easier for you to get the two yards or was that not a factor in the outcome uh, <laughs> I feel, oh man, I mean, it's a hard question, but I honestly, we all feel like Reggie should have been on the field, period. That, that's just the, I mean, when you look at mismatches and all, if Reggie goes in motion, there's something happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we all know that. But that same play to, in, in, in the defense of all my coaches, man, cause I'm not going to take shots at them like that at that time. That same play I had scored on three times earlier. So like, it's not like, you know, I had the cutback run. I had three touchdowns on that same play, so it wasn't like that play hadn't been worked. You know what I mean? Um, it was just you. Yeah, I mean, when you when it's when jumbo personnel, man, it's kind of hard not to see what else is coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least if you do put Reggie somewhere in there, have him motion, somebody runs, and you ain't no telling what happened. But with that being again, with that being said, I still love the play call that they drew up for that call, man. Like it happened. Um, we, you know, there was some stuff that happened. I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not here to call out nothing. There was some stuff that happened in that place. And I ultimately didn't get the first down. So man, you can blame that on me. Uh, and for the rest of my life, I, I put that on my shoulders. I feel like I didn't get the first down. And you know, I, I deal with that every single day on Twitter. Really? You know, every time somebody asks me anything. So I mean, it, it, it's getting, I'm getting pretty used to it now. And it's easier because people don't realize that was just, Straight national championship game I played in, so I'm two and three in those. Like as hard as it, it's hard to swallow. Like shit, I still got more trophies than a lot of people's ever done. It's ridiculous. Right. You still got to look at all that, and I only lost two games in my career. Like, right. like man, you know, me and Reggie put up numbers that I don't think nobody ever else has touched. We, you know, we what me and Thunder, what Thunder and Lightning was able to do at USC, and 
you know, there's a lot of other running backs out there that I've seen people say, and, you know, they even give credit to the world. You know, we put up ridiculous numbers, man. So, like, you know, I, I, I take my career, and I love it. I'll yeah. take that loss because you got to take the good with the bad. That's why I take my two natties with the one natty I didn't. <laughs> Would you say that it was more because it was a short yard situation, it was more of a kind of a power, like maybe a little stubborn or – was it just kind of being too not, cute? Like, was it being a little too cute? Like, not, oh, we're going to fool somebody. Nah, you're not going to put nah, Reggie. Not at all. It was just, it was a play we've been running all day and been blowing their ass. We've been whooping their butt on it. We <laughs> have been whooping their tail on that, on that same play all practice. So it wasn't like, I mean, all, all game. It wasn't like that play hadn't worked. It wasn't doing two pants or nothing. It was, you know, big man on big man. As Ed O'Dron used to say, it's big man on big man. <laughs> yeah. You know, listen, it's time to get it done. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it done. But that play is something that, that you probably run 10 times out of 10 on goal line or like in a short yardage situation. So gotcha. there's nothing fancy about that play. Basic right. 27 power. <laughs> Drop back, you pull a guard around, you clear the plane, you get the first. Gotcha. All right. Um, here's one from Double Wing 11. Can Lendell go over how he and Pete planned the rooftop hoax on the team? Details leading up to the hoax would be appreciated. So if you remember that, they faked like you getting, was it thrown yeah. off or jumping well, you, off that the building? Obvious, obviously, Pete kind of demented that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, he called me and Reg, he called me and Reggie in the office one day. He wanted Reggie to do it, but nobody would believe Reggie. You know, was freak out at practice like that. So <laughs> you know, it was it, it was way bigger with me. You know, just because they knew what type of dude I was. Like I don't really stand for no punk stuff. So. You know, if I felt like I was being treated some type of way, they know I would speak up. So it was easier with me. Um, and, you know, one day he calls us in and he's like, I need you guys to do this. And Reggie's like, yeah, I think Lindell should do it. You know, so I was like, all right, I'll do it. You know, basically, so I'm going to go to practice. Only me, me, Reggie, a few, like one other coach knew and Tino. Um, so, like, me and Reggie the whole time, he's like, you got to get ready. He's like, you got to get in zone. You know, but the whole time he's doing that, I'm already in character. You know, I'm like, man, shut the fuck up. Excuse my language. I'm like, man, shut the F up. You know, like, you know, I'm already getting mad. He's like, man, what's wrong with Lindell? Not knowing, you know, we already, we got this plan. So, you know, like 45 minutes, an hour of practice is going by. I'm out there just talking crap. You know, man, if y'all want to win all the time, you give me the ball. You know, I'm the, y'all know I'm the best running back out here on the team. Like, and you know, all the players are looking at me like, what's going on with Lindell? Like, they know I talk stuff like that, but, they, you know, I, I ain't never been the dude on on field to just be wigging like that. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm going overboard, and they just looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? And I'm like, you know what, F y'all. Y'all ain't my team. I don't love none of y'all. Man, I quit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, no, before that, no, though, oh, I'm sorry. Pete comes up to me, and, he, you know, Pete, obviously, you know what's going on. He's like, what the hell is your problem? You know, I'm like, man, don't talk to me. You know, like, go down there at the defense. You know, like, go, go back there. Like, you know, you don't talk to me anyway. Like, go, you know, and they're like, man, Liddell, chill, that's coach. I'm like, F coach, you know, all that, you know, <laughs> gapping it up. Wow. And he's like, you know what, F me? He's like, F me? You're off the team. You know, and I'm like, you know, I ain't got to get off the team because I quit. You know, I hate y'all. I'm done with this, whatever. So I'm waiting. I, I leave the field. I throw my stuff. Um, and Tino's waiting outside with the, with the, with the little cart. So he drives me around to the tower, the other side of the building. And, you know, they got it all planned up. You got all kind of ladders and all that. So I get up there and I yell. And I remember seeing I remember seeing three faces for sure, Darnell Bing and Ryan and Brandon team. And <laughs> I just remember like, hey, you know what? I don't love y'all no more. I don't need this. I'm done, you know. And I, it's like there was a dummy up there. So it looked like, you know, somebody's going to stop me. But as they stop me, the dummy goes over the board. And they <laughs> All you could hear was like, you know, like the sounds of sighs and stuff. And like, you know, like, I could hear people crying and all. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> so, you know, like coaching after that, coach, like, we, we brought the team up. And he's like, man, if that guy wants to quit, you know, people are like, man, he just jumped because you got to check on him. He's like, so we got somebody checking on him right now. Like, obviously, he knows what's going on. And he's like, man, if somebody wants to do that, we got to, you know, we're going to let him quit. You know, but we all, you know, we broke right down the team. You know, they broke down the team and so, and they, <laughs> As they're leaving the team, the door opens, like, to the, you know, how it's the field. And, 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 and as the field opened, as the field at, uh, as the door to the field opened up, you know, Ryan and Brandon team hadn't seen me, but they were crying and they ran, you know, ran up to me and started giving me a hug and was like, like, oh my God, man, we thought you were serious, man. We didn't, 
you know, everybody thought it was real. So, like, I guess I had done a real good job. <laughs> Lindell, the actor, nice. Um, that's funny. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. That's a good memory from back then. That was crazy times. Um, yeah. We got a couple more. We'll let you go. I know. I, don't, I know you're busy. Uh, fourth Gen seventy one. Did you have a favorite memory playing for USC? Um, memories at USC. I mean, there's so many. I, I my favorite memory at USC is just being a Trojan. I mean, I, I just I won. I only lost two games. I won two national championships as an All American. There are so many memories. I don't know, man. I know holding that crystal ball. Um. Oh, well, doing that. Doing. I remember I did the Dion. I got flagged in a in a in the national championship game for doing the dance. And then I remember I, I gave the ball to Fred Matuas. God bless the dead man. I I gave Fred his ball so he could spike it. And I think that would probably be like one of the most memorable because I remember I said I was going to do the Dion dance when I scored. And I remember I scored and I got up and we were up by whatever fifty or whatever it was. And <laughs> I said I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And every and they threw every flag they had on that field and I didn't care. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Uh, <laughs> rest uh, in peace to rest in peace to Fred though, man. That was my guy. I remember he played with me in Tennessee. Um, and that, I just remember like he. That was my guy. And I remember him standing right there to me, like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. I was like, here, go ahead. And he spiked it. It was crazy, man. That's great. That was a great time. That's good you had to remember with that with him. Too many people have passed away from that. I mean, this it sucks. It's just, you know, that you've had to say yeah. rest in peace so many times, you know? Yeah. Rest in peace to Mario Danilo, too, man. It's yeah. our kicker. That's, that's unfortunate that you – Hey, and I, I mean, I have to say, um, Man, it's unfortunate because I know Mike Williams is going through a rough time right now. His his ex wife just so it was a tough time for us Trojans, but you know we all find a way to get together and build one another up, man. Um, let's see. Running Fig had a question: Who's the best college defensive player you played against? Best college football player. Who we? I mean, I was young when I played against some of them guys from Auburn, too. Um, like the big linebackers. Um, best, best football player. I, that's tough. I don't, I would, man, I, the, my defense at USC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can tell they won't, but them kids I had to see every day, the Ray Molly users, Keith Rivers, the, the, uh, Man, what's the Luther? They don't. Remember, they probably don't even remember a kid named Luther. But Luther, oh my God, Luther used to hit so hard. Luther Brown, yeah. He was the hardest. Luther Brown was the hardest hitting dude I've ever won against in my life. Him and Ray Maluga. Wow. Okay. Do they remember that Ray Maluga, Brian Cushing, uh, uh, Clay Matthews? I don't think they all remember that. All them people were on the same squad together. Did they like this is ridiculous, right? Kaluka Mayava was on there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, we had so many ballers. That stuff is ridiculous. I like my defense by far. That was the best. I went against the best defense against in the same team on my same team. Nobody was better than the USC defense that I've ever seen. Nobody. And Tyler Castillo wanted to know what about the, the uh, hardest hitter you faced in the NFL? Hardest hitting person in the NFL. Who did I hit? Get hit uh, in the league, man. You don't really get hit too hard unless you get caught slipping. I never really got caught slipping, so I can't really say nobody hit me too hard in the NFL. I can't say that. There's some strong people out there now. I mean, listen, Bob Sanders is one of them little guys. Bob Sanders, the coach back in the day, he was one, yeah. a guy oh, that was def- he was going to throw all his might in it. He didn't care <laughs> what he had. Dequell Jackson's another, and Dequell Jackson's another one of them dudes. He used to play for the Browns. I'm not, I'm not sure who he plays for now. Dequell Jackson. All Dequell right. Jackson used to hit third too. Stephen Tullick. That's one more boy out there. He's the third, too. I'll give it to him. All right. Did you have a pregame meal or drink? Um, he wanted to add, so uh, Running Fig wants to add it to his tailgate list. He said, fight on LD. Uh, Patron, you got to add some Patron to the tailgate list then. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't uh, do that pregame, though, right? <laughs> I mean, not, you know, night before I have a sip, you never know. I was feeling. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh no pregame pregame meal you know honestly I had like I was so nervous I would never eat nothing but like probably like some fruit before the morning so pineapples strawberries uh melon 
rates, and that's about it. Drinks, I would probably drink. Uh, it's so weird, weird, uh, but I would probably drink like a root beer early in the morning. I had to have some type of soda before I play. Oh, a little caffeine. Or a cream soda, like vanilla cream, something like yes, I had to. It was weird. Cream soda before playing. All right, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. That's different. <laughs> um, and, and you know, in our locker room at USC, they got them sodas and stuff in there. So I used to definitely sneak one of them before the game. <laughs> well, speaking of soda, Pepsi Trojan has the next question. What's your all-time favorite run as a Trojan? Favorite all-time run as a Trojan. Oh, well, that's easy. I, I had so many of them, but it was against UCLA when I broke the record, when I finally broke the uh, touchdown record. Oh, okay. To be an all-time lead. I remember I, John David Woody was that quarterback. He handed me the ball. I went in, scored, and I remember I, I, I jumped in and I kind of threw the ball to the ref, but I went back quick and grabbed it and took it to the sideline. That, I remember that. Cool. Um, Lambda Chi Trojan, do you have a favorite stadium to play in besides the Coliseum in college? I love Austin Stadium, man. Them, them ducks up there, they do it. Nice. <laughs> that stadium was that. Was, I love playing up there. That was a place to play. Cool. And then, who's the biggest? I remember run? me. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I remember when me and Reggie, when we, as we were coming back, and you know, like you could take the breath out of the stadium because they were so loud. You could hear like you could you could feel it in your chest, like when they were yelling. And as we were coming back, on I remember we we went up, and me and Reggie had did like a little handshake. And we did it like something and stared at the crowd. And I remember the crowd started throwing all kind of crap at us. But that was one of the greatest feelings ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then who's the biggest rival, Notre Dame or UCLA? Uh, Cal, maybe. I would say Cal. Over at Notre Dame or UCLA? Those are those are chump squads. See, when I was playing, I don't know what you call a rivalry. I never lost to none of them chumps. So that, what is a rivalry? <laughs> a rivalry maybe. A rivalry to me is somebody you lose to and then you got to come back and advance something. So I lost to Cal. The next year they brought A-Rod up there. He almost beat us again. <laughs> that would be more of a, uh, that'd be more of a rivalry than beating the sorry ass, uh, Notre Shane by 30 every year or even QCLA. Like they were trash, man. <laughs> they, we just knew that they, we knew that they were going to play up to us to our level because we were the best team in the nation that year, like every year. Yeah. But, there was no time, even when Maurice Jones drew him or Sadie Lewis, and none of them, like, we were never, we knew we were going to beat them every time. There was never a time we was like, oh, yeah, UCLA might beat us. They were trash. <laughs> You're going to make a lot of USC fans happy with that answer. Um, Notre, Notre Shame sucks. Ohio <laughs> State sucks, for sure. Um, Texas is sorry. Bro, like, these schools are really absolutely, like, I, I feel that way. We all knew Vince Young, he was down. Like, it's random that the, the replay don't work when his knee's down. There's just so much stuff that goes on in football that's <laughs> hilarious. Like, they act like they beat us fair and square. Come on now. Like, there's things that happen in that game where, eh. yeah. But, yeah, the biggest rivalry I'll say, Cal, because uh, Notre Dame and, and Boosie L.A. are nowhere near. They, they can't even compete. Nice. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Sorry, I, wanna, I know you got to go. Six Brave Bulls. Uh, number 21, were you confident when you entered the NFL and what, when, and why did weight become a struggle? Oh, interesting. Um, I don't, weight wasn't really a struggle. I, when I was the, the biggest, I, when I got the fattest in the league, I, I ran for the most yards. So I don't think that was really an issue. The, the, when they said it was an issue, I came back the next year and scored 14 touchdowns or over 14 touchdowns. So that wasn't it. But my biggest issue was I didn't work out in the off season. Um, you know, like I said, once I had made it to the NFL, I kind of thought I had made it. You know, it, it's, that's what it is. Like, and when I see some of these guys like the Reggie Bushes and, and, and even Chris Johnson, when I see like these guys and what it takes, like what they've been doing in the offseason every year since they've been in the league, like, I see why I didn't make it. You know, I didn't put that much work in. Yeah. I was, that's what it boiled down to. You know, and, and I know that myself. Had I put in the work, there's no telling what I could have did in the NFL. It, it was, you can say the weight issue, but again, like I said, when I weighed the most in the NFL, I, I ran for the most yards. So it's like, you know, I don't they can say if they want. Uh, and I've always been confident. I still feel like if I put on a, a uniform right now, I can go be the best goal line running back in the NFL easy. I was on all the touchdowns that, you know, the people are getting stopped and they're like, oh, it's only a one-yard touchdown. They think it's easy. Like, yeah, I'll be the guy that can get it. <laughs> all right. Uh, SC Rules L.A., do you think the college game scheme scheme wise has started to look different since your days at USC? 
Yeah, it's all spread. It's to spread the offense out and throw and, and, and hand these balls off while everybody's moving around. I mean, it's cool, but that stuff, as you notice, when you get to the NFL, it doesn't work. That does not work. Yeah. I don't care. They, they, some people can run the spread offense, but even if you start noticing that it falls off eventually, right? Colin Kaepernick, when he was up there in San Fran, it did. You know, they thought it was going to be booming with, with, uh, Cam Newton and those guys. And you see it just, I mean, it works for a little bit, but then it starts fading away. But I don't like that spread offense. I'm a traditional, you know, two back guy or two tight end, one back leg. You know, let's run this ball and play action passes. And one last question for you. Big Nick, 21 USC. It was similar to what we'd asked before about players who didn't get enough credit, but one player he mentioned was Jason Leach. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Oh, yeah. Jason Leach was a, he was a, he was a, a backbone. He was a strong safety or the free safety for our team. And he was an older guy. So like he was the guy that, you know, the defense will listen to for sure a lot. I can't, he, that's a good name you brought up though. Cause yeah, Jason Leach was definitely a backbone and, he was somebody that we were confident in, or confident in having him back there because he always knew what to do. And he was a great leader with our defense. Well, he's the all-time touchdown leader for USC running backs. Lendell White, follow him on Twitter. I am. The real, Len, the real <laughs> underscore Lendale, the Players Lounge. So make sure you go check that out uh, with him and Bo. And, hey, Lendale, I really appreciate you taking the time. Man, we went 50 minutes talking about nostalgic <laughs> USC football and what you think about the team. I, you know, Thanks for taking the time for doing this. Hey, thank you, man. Fight on. Anything for my chosen. All right. Lindell White, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.